Oi, oi, and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast with myself, Steve Nussbaum. And as a bit of a change for the second time this season, uh, after a stunning debut, I'm delighted to welcome back onto the podcast the other bearded legend, my West End chum, Mr. Matt Turk. Matt, welcome back. Evening, thank you for having me. Great to have you back, and we'll have some questions for you very shortly. So not only do we have Matt Turk here tonight, I'm also delighted to introduce to you our special guest this evening, who has made his first trip over to Orient Outlook Podcast Towers, later on its very own chief scout, Mr. Steve Foster. Cheers, thank you, James. Mate, Steve, welcome. Thanks for the invite. Not a problem. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, most listeners will know, uh, but if you'd just like to introduce yourself, tell us a bit about uh, your day-to-day role at the club, uh, what it involves, and essentially how you came to be at the Orient. Okay, well, uh, well as you said, I'm Chief Scout, uh, which basically um, I'm responsible for scouting players from the age of 16 right to first team level. Um, we watch a whole range of games, right from non-league to national league, league two, under 23 games as well, and uh, to try and find, you know, the, like get information, not so much, you know, to sign players all the time, but just to get information on players. So you don't be in a position where you're going to turn down a player because you don't know nothing about him. You know, we want to know, we want to know, get as much information on a player as possible. So so we don't get, you know, we can say, if if someone offers a player to us, we can we, we can say, yeah, we've seen him, he wouldn't be for us. Or, or you know, or yeah, we like him, can, you know, can you tell me more about it? And uh, so we do that. We've got a small team. I coordinate uh, team scouts, uh, one in the northeast, one in the southwest, uh, and we've got Shane O'Gorman, who's our head of academy recruitment, who does some opposition reports for us as well. And Danny Crow is a newcomer. He uh, he replaced David Kerslake, because Kers is uh, currently working away in the states. So Danny Crow, who played for Justin at Newport and Martin at Cambridge, um, he's doing some opposition reports for us. And he's uh, he's he's only finished playing himself a couple of seasons ago, and uh, but he's wants to get into the scouting side of it. He's doing quite well actually. His level of um, reporting and is very very good. So how do you get into uh, being a scout? What does that involve? How do you? End I up? got in oh, five years. It was five years ago uh, with Brentford. Uh, from our non-league knowledge, they was asking. Uh, they was trying to tap into the non-league market, and they asked me. I had a meeting with them and everything, and they said, um, "How do you? How would you? Um, how many games do you reckon you could do for us a week?" And I said, "Oh, I'll probably do a game on a Tuesday night and a game on a Saturday." And I just got the bug for it, massively. And I was doing sort of you know, you know, other twenty-three games on a Monday, and doing started doing academy games on a Sunday as well, Saturday as well. Uh, phone up sick. From your job <laughs> to do games. <laughs> so how many games now do you reckon you end up doing? I don't so do as many. Um, I probably when I was with Norwich, I probably used to do a hell of a lot more um, because I used to do like all Sunday, Sunday morning games, grassroots and things like that. Um, it's probably around about five games a week, four to five. Um, a lot of time now. I spend a lot of time a couple of days a week at the training ground as well. Uh, and there's also coordinating the scouts and where they're going, what, what, you know, what games we're going to send them to, and um, so yeah, so it's not I'm not as many games as pop, as I used to, but um, I think it's 
we're being a bit more cute as well. I mean, you know, we're not going to a game just for the sake of going to a game. Um, we're going to, you know, we'll, we'll go to a game because there could be a potential target for us. So you know, we've got we've got someone to watch. We're not going to just going to go there just for the sake of going to get. I'll take a game because it's that wouldn't be you no. Know, there's no point in that to be fair. It's a waste of time, waste of diesel. <laughs> <laughs> so you now we, we you have to have a target, and um, you know, and as I say, you either you can either monitor those players or you can cross them off the list. But at least you can say you got them covered. Yeah. So at the club. Obviously, you've got a director of football, yes. in Martin Ling. Yes. You've got the club manager, who's Justin. Yes. You've got an assistant manager in Ross Embleton. Yeah. You've also got Danny Webb. So, for example, say you see a player and you like a player, what happens after you recognise a player's potential? I'll, I'll tell Martin, I'll, I'll let the gaffer know as well. And uh, he will do his homework as well. Um, Martin pretty much gives me carte blanche. To look, and he will look. He will ask to have a look at clips of that player as well. So we will go on, Y scout or whatever means we have, and he'll have a look at clips as well. And he can decide. Um, we will probably watch a player three times if we're really, really serious, and then Justin would go and watch or or Ross or Webby if 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 the time allowed. Um, that's what happened in the case of Marvin anyway you know, Marvin was watched by about four different or as well as myself four or five different scouts or people at the club before we actually signed him and so, it was quite pretty much unanimous so obviously you get uh, quite a lot of questions about Marvin yeah. to come so when you when you go to the ground do you have to go covert so do people go oh, Steve Foster that's a Lane Orient scout so obviously I'm watching or can you just rock up and um, like. We normally put in scout requests just to let people know we we know we're going to be turning up. Um, the same happens with our scouts as well. You know when scouts come to watch us play, uh, so request for the ticket and get the benefit. Sometimes I get benefit with part free parking space, <laughs> <laughs> but very rarely. But uh, yes, yeah, so I mean we we will let no, clubs know we're going to be there. Um, so yeah, and there is a rule in as well, um, especially with, it comes from like sort of P in the academy scouting. You have to get written permission to to attend academy games if you're a scout. Uh, I think it's just sort of gone on from there really. Okay, so lots more to come about scouting, but just to turn your attention to the season so far. Uh, so obviously we can't want to have a Waterloo ball game in a little bit, but what are your thoughts on the season? Uh, so far I think it's been excellent to be fair um, I always expected us to be challenging in the playoffs myself I think if we wasn't going to be in the top seven I think it, it, we would be underachieving with the, with the squad we've got but I didn't I didn't expect us to be now hitting hitting the form we've had it's you know you know to, to go 17 games and only one defeat so far I think it's been a fantastic effort uh, for everyone involved with the club, and as you know, the players deserve it. They've worked really hard in pre-season. They're working hard in their games. Um, it's, there's a good, there's a good feeling about the club, and uh, it's you know you can see it throughout the squad, and you can see it in the games. You know we're not prepared to roll over, and you know make games easy. So I think sometimes we were a bit too nice last season, 
Yeah, this time we got this time we got a bit of an, you know, not a nasty streak, but we you know there's a there's a will to win and a will to do well and not people you know take advantage of us. So yeah, good point. So Matt, uh, you were last on the podcast seven weeks ago in this very room, episode one five one. We just grabbed the point. Uh, due to a last-minute equaliser away to Halifax. It was quite a positive podcast. We were 10 unbeaten, so fast-forward seven weeks. Now, 16 games in, obviously prior to having Waterlooville. Uh, the unbeaten record is gone. Uh, and like Saturday, we were one point behind the leaders. Uh, so you still impressed with what you've seen this season? Yeah, still impressed, going well. As I said, you know, still being tough to beat. Obviously, to take the Sutton game out and the FA Cup game, you know, there's no one that's sort of come to us and had an easy game. And away from home, we're a match for anyone in the league anyway um, you know it's disappointing last week with the FA Cup but I think we're still in a good place yeah. got some tough fixtures coming up uh, hopefully the squad will you know a bit of rotation we might see now and uh, should pull through and stay near the top fingers crossed fingers crossed so who continues to catch your eye uh, still got to be Marvin to be honest he gets better and better every week and he's just looking a class apart so you know the way he strides around the pitch never breaks sweat I mean the last few games that I've seen I've never seen a forwards give him any trouble, really. Whether he's been quick, big, experienced, young, you know, no one gives him any trouble. Uh, and his distribution, decision making is incredible. I think for someone who was playing a lot lower down last season. Yeah. So yeah, it's got to be Marvin still. We're gonna to have to ask you about Marvin. So there are lots of questions about Marvin. So has Marvin progressed quicker than what you expected? And what were the kind of the key things that you saw about Marv? Well, he was athletic. He was a six foot four, centre half. Um, he has progressed uh, better than the full. I knew. I mean, from watching him a lot last season, I knew because he was only playing the level below, one level below, and I just knew he, he wasn't far off. To be fair, um, I, I remember seeing him against Edgeley and he marked Danny Kidwell out of the game. Um, a couple of uh, yeah, like, this time last year in the FA Cup. And so Danny, he let Danny Kedwell win about three headers in the first five to ten minutes, and after that he didn't get a kick, and he was just he was just so you know he was athletic, he was strong, you know he used the ball well out from the back, very composed, so it was just one of those ones I was thinking, yeah I thought give him six months with us, and then he'd probably kick on kick on, but he sort of come in to the end of last season didn't he when Josh got injured. Yep. And I mean that was I think that those few games last season was a really good preparation for him for this season. Yes. And he had a good pre season as well. And he may be just a little bit unfortunate that he didn't start at the start of the season, but he had to wait his chance and he's taken it. So He's good age as well, isn't he? He's twenty he's, he's twenty three now. He's only gonna get better. Uh, personally I think he can go on and play probably championship. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. I think, he's, uh, I think he's, you know, he will go a long way. He's still got some. He's still got a few things to learn. Yeah, of course. But I know, obviously, other scouts I speak to in the game, they're, they're all and guys from you know, big, much bigger clubs than ours are asking, you know, uh, how's he doing? And so. And how, and how did you find him? Was he one player that you always were aware of, or did one of the original with, scouts go, "This guy's he's far"? I was pretty much aware of him anyway. Um, going back to my days. When he was with uh, when he when he was with Chelmsford, I was probably with Fleetwood or Brentford back then, and he was with Chelmsford, and he came out of Oxford United after his scholarship, 
and he went straight into conference South football, which is fantastic. You know, for a 19 year old lad to get that sort of experience. So before he's come to us, he's had he's played 150 games in the conference South, and not just with Chelmsford, but he went to Concord Rangers and then to East Farrick. And he was very, very raw at Chelmsford, and he wasn't for me. And I just thought, you know, he was always in the sort of back of my mind though. And he just got better and better. And I saw him play for Concord because sort of Concord are my like my they my local team. And I used to play for them and like my, my non they were my non league club. And uh, so I used to go and watch Concord quite a lot. And uh, he did really he'd come on a lot for them. Then he went to East Farrick, and he just got better and better. So fantastic. And as I said, he wasn't. It was a. It was a no-brainer. And it was pretty unanimous after numerous watches by various staff that he was, you know, he was one to go. He was playing part-time football. He was not contracted, so he wasn't going to cost a fee. Um, so yeah, it was a, it was an easy one to do. To be fair, I think when we signed him and then sent him back on loan, everyone was like, "Oh well, he's you know he's not going to be that great. If he was that great, he'd be in the team." And everyone sort of wrote it off. Oh well, I think it was to help East Farrak. I think it was to smooth it over with East Farrak as well. Mm-hmm. I think because they were still in the FA Trophy at that time, so it would know because we don't have a reserve team as such. It was good to send him back there yeah, because yeah. at least he's playing games. Yeah, he could train with us during the week, probably three days a week, and then play two games a week with him. So oh. It it works both ways, I think. Um, so that that was that was the reason behind it. And obviously, Michael Clark went out there as well. So, Brilliant. so not only have you brought Marmalette Potessa to the club or recommended him, we've also before we start recording, we're talking about Macaulay Bond, James Dayton, Craig Clay. Craig Clay. So Craig Clay was quite an interesting story. So when you found Clay, you weren't originally. Supposed to be watching Craig Clay? No, not so. I was watching as when I was working for Norwich, and this was been about three years ago. And I was watching Omar Bogle for Grimsby, and yeah, I was going to watch Omar Bogle, which who I didn't mind to be fair. But I normally when I go to games, if I've got one target, I will try and concentrate on a couple of other players as well. And I remember when I came into the club last summer. I had all these notes, we were looking for a slight centre midfielder, and I had all these notes from Craig Clay. And I thought he always played at the level he's got out of this league. So, and I must have watched him three times that season, uh, including the playoffs at Braintree that season. And there was all three positive match reports on him, so I managed to find out that there was a chance that he was going to be available, because he, uh, he had still had a year to run at Motherwell. But I think there was a chance that we could get him out for free. A year early, so um, yeah, we managed to do it. And as I say, I always knew. I know he got a bit of unfair flack last season, but I knew what you know. I knew his capabilities as a player, and obviously we're seeing it now. So I think a proper thought, you know, proper pre-season behind him has done him really good. And obviously, he's playing in a better team. Yeah. Now you last season was a bit hit and miss, wasn't it, at times and. You know, everyone's the confidence is higher, and there's well, there's, you know, there's strength. There is, I mean, there is a strength in depth as well. Yeah, absolutely. There are people like Dale Gorman's champion at the bit to get games. You know, Charlie's had to miss out a game. You've got Alex Lawless as well. So you know, if you, you know, your levels then are going to be. Yeah. You know, you've got you've got to perform to keep your place in the team because someone else is going to step in otherwise. 
if you don't keep to those levels. Yeah, really good, really good squad uh, to choose from for Justin. So I guess the only negative this season was probably going out of the FA Cup. Matt, what were your views on uh, going uh, out of the FA Cup? I was a bit disappointed. I mean, I wanted him to swap the team about anyway. Um, would have been nice for the fans to get a you know a decent away if we got an away guy even a home game you know against a Portsmouth or a Sunderland just to get you know stop going to a non-league game for one week. Um, but you know it's forgotten now. It's all it was all about getting three points at the weekend. I think that was most important. Um, pick ourselves up and you know go back on a, another winning run hopefully. But yeah, I mean it, it's forgotten now. It wasn't a good performance from any of them, but it's done. Yeah, I think it's interesting to be fair. I mean. You know, first and foremost, I'm a football fan. I love the FA Cup myself. Well, I, I, you know, we wanted to win the game, and I thought we had a team, picked a team strong enough to win it. It's just on the day, it didn't work out like that. I think if we would have got the early goal, yeah, we probably wouldn't have lost the game. Um, but at the same time, you know, you've got those players who've been waiting for games, you know, waiting to get their chance, and the FA Cup game probably was a good opportunity to, to fit them in without without losing that league momentum. Yeah. So, I mean, there were positives to come from it. It might not sound like it, but I think there were positive, positives to come from it. I think the positives we'll probably have a few weeks off in the next couple of weeks. I think we've got it's a Saturday just, week off. It's only one game, isn't yeah. it, I think, so. Yeah. It's, just, yeah. it's just the one game. Which is, I mean, it's disappointing. I'd like to just get the first round proper because we're a proper club and I think the club of our standing should be should be in the first round, yeah. but you know, let's say on a day, on a day, we didn't create enough, and they got they took their chances. It's just you no, know, I didn't must admit I didn't lose a great deal of sleep, sleep over it. Yeah, I think if he was a lesser team at home or even away, we probably would have got away with it. Whoever yeah. we picked last there's, week, but yeah, there's, there was every chance of that. But as I say, I think the root of it is I think we did pick a team strong enough to win the game. Um, so I think there was a, I mean. I'll just, I'll, I'll monitor things on social media sometimes and I think there was a, in, in some camps a, a massive overreaction from it to be fair uh, but as I say you know we look forward now I mean the, the biggest thing after last week was to put in a good performance and get three points again yeah The pri- that's the priority the priority has got to be to get out of this league yeah so yeah and while it would have been nice to have a cup run you know, get to the first round, maybe the third round, but at the end of the day, it's all very nice. But you know, it's not like the nineteen seventy, not like nineteen seventy eight. We're not going to get the semi final, are we? Yeah. And everyone remembers that it's brilliant. But I think we need to you know we need to get out of this league. I think and get back into playing football league again. Yeah, totally, totally agree with you. So lots to get through uh, in this episode, and more from that and Steve to come. But as always, we'll start off with our friends at the Supporters Club. So there's two trips to tell you about. Uh, the first one is the away trip to Eastleigh this Tuesday the 30th of October and the coaches leave the supports club at half past three in the afternoon for a 7.45 kickoff. and the prices for this one are £23 for adults and £20 for concessions and then the following Saturday which is the 3rd of November we travel to AFC Fold and coaches leave at 8am so a very early start for this one this one kicks off at 3pm and fares are a bit more at £34 for adults and £31 for concessions and for both of these trips, children 15 and under can travel for half price but must be with an adult. And if you're not a member of the supporters club, there is a £3 surcharge uh, for non-members. So you can book these now by calling the travel line on 07722 uh, Leighton Orient Trust update. 
the latest stadium tour took place on Wednesday and those attending were not only privileged to those areas normally out of bounds, but were surprised with not just one, but a pair of special guests, uh, sorry, not just one pair of special guests, but a whole team um, reaching the changing rooms. Goalkeeper Sam Sargent and striker Josh Caroma were waiting to meet the group and happy to answer questions, sign autographs and pose for photos. And later on the tour, there was a welcome at the old East Stand changing room by the cast of the upcoming play, The Greater Game. Privileged indeed, and not forgetting a quick chat with our top groundsman, Colin James, which made for a most enjoyable two hours. Yes, it sounds like another very successful uh, stadium tour. Uh, that one, on Friday afternoon, a team of students from the Trust's College football programme were selected to play their academy counterparts at the O's training ground and at the game at the Brave Group Stadium yesterday. We were happy to host staff and volunteers from Guide Dogs UK who were fundraising for this very important charity whilst also using the occasion to train a couple of their wonderful dogs. A uh, big well done to the Leighton Orient walking team for winning their league. Steve Worth scouting any of those boys? They uh, seem to be smashing it. Any, uh, anyone caught your eye on um, Yes, I've got my eye on them because <laughs> two and a half years' time I'll be qualified to play for them. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, the Trust Police to announce that the club will be visiting Hobbiton and the Whips Cross Hospitals once again this Christmas period as well as working with local food bank Eat or Heat. So we'll have a great week. Uh, from the trust, it's great to see the players, you know, getting down there and helping out. And you said there's a great atmosphere uh, at the training ground, which can only be good for getting those players out of the community. Definitely, yeah. Um, I think it's, it's important to you know get out in the community, and you know, if we can get out there and get more people interested in the club and what we're doing, uh, more power to it. I think it's very good that Howard does a great job. Amazing so. job, yeah. It's good to see. Younger players now, like Sergeant and Karoma, start to take on those responsibilities. Like Karoma now is a first teamer, and if you're a kid on that tour, it must be quite a cool thing to go and meet Josh. So, time for a shameless plug now. So, our shameless book, The Challenge Culture, is now available in all good bookshops. As Nigel Travis writes about his career at large and successful organisations, and talks about how the best way for organisations to succeed in today's environment is to embrace challenge and encourage pushback. He covers the worlds of video, quick service restaurants, and the purchase of Late Orient peppered with many humorous events that have occurred throughout his career. So you can buy the book uh, today at amazon.co.uk or at your favourite local bookshop. And that's The Challenge Culture by Nigel Travis, the big T-dog, big Nige. So make sure you go out and get a copy. I've actually got a copy upstairs that I was given yesterday. So thank you to Paul for getting me a signed copy the other week. That was a nice gift and I look forward to reading it. Uh, received the following email into the Orient Outlook podcast towers from Gavin Watt during the week yeah. uh, I'm just going to read that out yeah. it was Dear Paul and Steve on a recent podcast and at the pre-Hartlepool match breakfast Kent Teague asked if any fans could remember the last time Brisbane Road was sold out as early as October well the date of this Saturday's game against Haven and Waterlooville the 27th of October which I'll be attending with two friends has jogged my memory on the 27th of October 1962 when I was 11 years of age my dear late father took me to see the O's play at home to Spurs during their only season in the old Division 1. This was the era of the great Bill Nicholson team, which included outstanding players such as Danny Blanchflower, Jimmy Greaves, Dave McKay, John White, etc. On that day, we couldn't get into the ground as it was full to capacity of 35,000. Spurs won 5-1 and the rest, as they say, is history. And I wonder if any fans can remember uh, other October sellouts or do we really have to go back as far as 56 years Thanks for the wonderful podcast. Best wishes, Gary Watt. No football without the O's. So fantastic email there from Gary Watt. Imagine 35,000 to go and see a league game against Tottenham. 
I do remember actually going to Brisbane Road uh, when I was about 15 as a boy. Um, probably got watching South End, funnily enough, because that was my local team as a kid. I'm sure that could only have been about 10 years ago if you were 15. Going to <laughs> <by now. laughs> Would have been in the 80s. <laughs> the two big terraces, I remember the two terraces. Oh, either side of the goal. Yeah, yeah. Beyond, two terraces behind the goal. I remember standing in one of them. And I think Southend lost 3 0, I think. Really? John Cornwall scored a couple, might score one or two. So that's how long ago it was. Good memories. About 30 years ago, probably, maybe a bit longer. Good memories. Yeah. So, the last bit of AOB then. So, a very happy sixth anniversary to the bearded legend, which is why he's not here tonight. So, uh, congratulations to Paul and Zoe uh, celebrating their sixth wedding anniversary. My favourite wedding story yeah. about Paul's wedding is when I was a groomsman and uh, I saw the band come in and they were all trying to figure out this tune. And it was Tijuana Taxi, and none of them knew it. And I was like, oh, I can help you on this one. So I conducted their wedding band and got them to do Tijuana Taxi uh, as the happy bride and groom came out. So moving on in uh, to the week that was, a course of Monday, the 22nd of October, and the club announced that the under-18s will face Southend on Thursday, the 1st of November, in the first round of the FA Youth Cup at the Bray Group Stadium. And tickets for this one are only £5 for adults, £3 for concessions, and season ticket holders... Uh, and three for under 16s. So come on, you youngos. Just a quick one about that. Any players of the under 18s starting to catch your eye now who you feel will be ready to progress? I think Jaden Phillips is one who I see quite a lot come up as scoring goals. I think Shadrach is another player who might have been mentioned quite a lot. Yeah, Shad Shad's, um, has been playing much this season, to be fair. Um, he's played in a few friendlies. Uh, he's got a couple of issues because uh, he's from Ireland originally. And even though he's been over from Ireland since he was about 13, he's obviously 17 now, he's never actually had any international clearance. Oh. So when we, so when we actually... Let's not oh. talk about him anymore then. Yeah, yeah. Shadrach. So when, when we actually registered on his contract, it was found that he, um, his, his clearance, um, he didn't have any clearance. So we've had to go through all of that. It's taken a very long time. Um, but fingers crossed... Uh, we should be getting it through. It's just all in the hands of FIFA now, so we should have it. Um, well, you know, in a matter of weeks, hopefully, so he can start playing in the under 18s again. Oh, fingers crossed it. So yeah, but, um, so Shadrach hasn't been able to play in his cup run as yet. Um, but there's a, there's one or two in there. Obviously, we've got lads like Charles Claydon, Hector yeah. Cristiano. Um, lads have gone been out and gone on loan and. Done quite well, so yeah, it's just it's looking interesting. Yeah, exciting times for the under 18. Yeah, and then at 5 pm that day, the club announced that our away game against Boreham Wood on Saturday, the 8th of December, has been selected for TV coverage by BT Sport. And the match will now kick off at a much earlier time of 12.35. I think that one's not too bad in terms of doesn't seem like you have to kind of rearrange trade tickets or yeah, overnight I stays. I think that one is probably fine for most of those fans. And good local journey, I'm sure, mm-hmm. will probably be there. Um, supporting, supporting it's the start of Christmas that party that day we'll be able to get the pub earlier I think as well <laughs> oh so what they've flagged it they've flagged it alright <laughs> and in, in the evening the National League announced that they had new leaders in the average attendance table and we are top of the league so we are top of the league as Orient were announced with the biggest average attendance in the National League at 4,972 closely followed by Wrexham Chesterfield and a massive drop off uh, to Hartlepool in fourth place, so that number is incredible. Really, like that ground's been rocking pretty much every mm-hmm. week, all season. It's a fantastic mm-hmm. effort, and I say this 
full marks to the fans, but also full marks to the commercial department who you know have been getting you know getting the word about and social media and and you know free beer. Free beer, definitely, <laughs> Helps. yeah. But what a great idea, though, like the beer, mm. the donut, sort of like the catering, like it's all, I guess, it's it all goes to hands. Oh, yeah, I think the exposure that we've got from the, the sponsorship deal with Dream Team has been really, really good, to be fair. So, yeah, I mean, it's been, and it's great. It's great for the players to play in front of a buzzing crowd every week, so. Yeah, yeah, really good. Uh, we met the Dream Team guys yesterday, so Andy, uh, it was great to meet you, and uh, we look forward to having those gentlemen on uh, very soon. Uh, to Huey Tuesday, the 23rd, uh, marked the 102nd anniversary of Richard McFadden's death during the Battle of Somme. At least we forget. Yeah, Wednesday, 24th of October. It was a quiet day at the club, apart from the stadium tour that we mentioned in the trust update. So if you were lucky enough to be there, we hope you had a great time. And 25th of October was another quiet day as the first pictures of fans in the new fourth kit from Avec started to appear on social media and the greater game cast was starting to get some great exposure as the play was featured for two and a half minutes on ITV's London News. Yeah, so starting to get some good, uh, interesting little uh, players, were, I thought the players, the actors were there yesterday mm-hmm. uh, in the yeah. top, so seems really good. We're off to see it uh, sooner rather than later, so we'll let you know how that pans out. And on Moody Friday, the 26th of October, it was a 23rd birthday of O's leading striker, Macaulay Bonds, a happy birthday, Macca. And just got on a Macca. So, obviously, you see things a bit differently to what we see things on a scout. So, what are Maccas? Why did you sign Macca? Basically, for Orion, on what caught your eye? Macca's someone who was brought to my attention when I was working with Brentford. And it, the first time I saw him would have been four, four and a half years ago. And he when I was working with Brentford and watching coaches as under-18s. And I liked his pace, his work rate. Um, he's quite versatile. He could play anywhere across the front three, really. Um, even though he's not the biggest, he's very good in the air. Uh, and he was just... Whenever I watched him, he always impressed me. He, he, he scored goals at a level, and he went into the first team. Um, but he never had a proper run, so he was getting... He had a real stop-start career at Colchester and he had a couple of loan spells as well and he was just one of those people and obviously Martin knew about him as well to be fair as well Martin knew a lot about him because he used to watch him when Sam played against him in, in the youth team so because they were at the same age so they, they always used to play against each other so he, Martin knew about him as well so um, I just knew he was one of those ones give him a run and I think if we gave him a good run I'm sure he'll you know find some consistency in front of goal and he has done that um, saying that on his birthday on Friday he did get a bit of stick at the training ground oh, did on he? Friday yeah because he may be a great, stri- great striker and a good lad but his choice of buying donuts and cakes was uh, he got a bit of stick for that because they were terrible oh Mecca so <laughs> I have to say that got up your game and again I guess we asked you the same question about Marvin but were you surprised with how well Mecca has done or to you is it kind of you expected it because he has been a consistent um, it's a nice surprise and you, you know, obviously you know he's got that ability and you, you have that belief that given the run he can do it but there's no guarantee that he will so um, no it's just, he, the fact is he works he works so hard as well and you know and he will get goals from pressurising defenders and you know creating some of his chances himself yeah he's missed a few chances last particularly last season but 
You know, at the end of the day, you still got to remember he's only twenty two years old. Yeah, or twenty three now. Yeah, twenty. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's got no excuses now, then. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. So moving on in the under and and we've talked about the under eighteen. So they played in a friendly uh, on Friday against the Trust team. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. yeah. And with two little winners, so well done uh, to the young O's in that game. Uh, coming on to Saturday in a main event, uh, having Waterlooville at home. Uh, before the match, we held a Twitter poll to see how you thought the O's would get on. And after 281 votes, we went as follows. Uh, unanimous decision, 93% thought an Orient win, 2% thought a draw, and 5% strangely thought we'd lose. Uh, thanks for all your votes. Yeah, so a huge, overwhelming majority out of the 200 and 81 thought that Orient would win, so a very confident fan base uh, going into that game. So would they be correct? Let's find out. So the team was announced at 2pm of Dean Brewer goal, uh, a back four of Ling, Coulson, Ekpeteta and Judd, uh, with the midfield of McEnough, Lee, Clay and Dayton, and the front two of Karoma and Bond. And on the subs bench were Sergeant, Happy, Gorman, Brophy and Allenby. So that meant we made five changes from the side, that featured in the FA Cup game last week against Maidstone as Miles Jard, Craig Clay, Joby McAuliffe, James Dayton and Josh Karoma all made the starting eleven. Matt, did you expect those players to come back in? Were you happy with that? Yeah, line? I, I think it was going to be called back there. Well, it would have been the eleven that we chose for the start of the season had it not been for Widowson's suspension or injury, whatever it was now. Um, I think, yeah, we had to come back in and needed Karoma up front again for a home game. Yeah, we had a lot of tweets last week mm. about how well Karoma and Bond work as a pairing and let Alibi and Bond maybe build a partnership that hasn't kind of developed yet mm-hmm. whereas Karoma and Bond seem to have a very good partnership mm-hmm. uh, on and off the pitch. My views, again, perfect team for me. Very happy with that lineup. Good to see Karoma uh, given the nod to start up front. We had quite a few tweets uh, prior to the game but Alpha2 underscore Omega said perfect and I see a big win on the cards. So would Alpha... Uh, be correct so prior to kick off the great game cast were presented to the stadium in a nice little touch by the club and then the match kicked off with third versus 21st at the Braybrook Stadium with the O's looking to keep up the pressure on the top two and haven't and Waterlooville looking for their first win since the 5th of September so you will come on to you you was it filed yesterday on the Maidenhead game yes but we've seen, you've seen the action so we uh, welcome your views on that one uh, a decent start to the match from the O's but with no real chances to talk about, really, uh, in the first 10 minutes. Uh, 13 minutes, the O's take the lead as a James Dayton curled a free kick in from the right. The ball came to Charlie Lee, who headed the ball at the far post. It was well saved by the keeper, but Coulson was there all alone to tap in the rebound from close range and make it 1-0 to the O's and celebrated with the Baby Shark celebration. Yeah, Baby Shark celebration. Is that mm. something for the training ground? Or the Daddy about? Shark celebration. Oh, sorry, Daddy yeah. Shark. Um, not really. I, I, I haven't seen that myself. <laughs> I've not seen that one myself. But a good early goal from a perfect start, good pressure, great delivery from Dayton. You know, seems to be finding his form. I think he's fit now, whereas I think early in the season he might have been 100% fit. Good save by their keeper. But yeah. I don't know, he could have palmed it. Oh, I think you're being very harsh oh, there. <laughs> <laughs> but a good tap in for Coulson. Like I was saying before, I thought once we got that early goal, I thought their yeah. game plan goes out the window because they yeah. had to come up a bit more. Yeah, I think their manager said after that was their plan. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah. to come but. Obviously, once if we get an early goal against anyone at home, you sort of everyone relaxes a little bit. Yes. You know, you don't want to be going late into a game, you know, like the Sutton game, where we're you know, yeah. when it's nil nil, and then you know you're all, you know, you're set up for a fall really. So yeah, glad to get the early goal, and then if you know if you take your chances, then 
hopefully have a comfortable afternoon. Yeah, a bit less pressure. Like you said, the fans kind of get into it. Uh, and a better atmosphere through the stadium in the 16th minute. Another decent chance for a second. There's a Charlie Lee throw. flicked on by Josh Coulson. Wood, uh, for having Miss Cooney's clearance of the ball, spun in the air, dropped for Coroma, uh, who kept his eyes on the ball, but volleys wide from a decent position uh, from quite a close area. So lucky there for Josh, kept his eye on the ball, didn't take it off. And just two minutes later, we didn't have to wait long for the second, as a Mackinac corner was well met at the near post by Macaulay Bond, and his header took a deflection and flew into the back of the net and made it 2-0. Yeah, I mean, at this point, 2-0 up after 18 minutes. Job done. Again, mm-hmm. Mackinac, great delivery. Bond sees it, mm-hmm. gets his head to it. So it did take a deflection. I think the BBC had it down as an own goal. I think that's very harsh. Yeah. Where, where I was in the West End, I thought it was just a good movement. It looked like a free header. I was like, I didn't see the highlights this morning, I couldn't see nothing wrong. Yeah, with it. I, didn't I didn't get, get I didn't like think the defender got anywhere near it. I, I'd be very surprised mm. if that goes to no, an own it, goal. It, it was I'd be amazed because it was hit, it was on target. And it, I don't think the deflection really. Does anything there that ball? I feel like I think it was going in anyway. I don't think it deviated much at all. Yeah, I thought it was a good header. Yeah, so did I. Yeah, but at that point two 0 you're thinking this is this should be done. But yeah, I mean they they hadn't shown much before that. And yeah, after that they're sort of not their their heads dropped, but they you know they were never in the game at all. I mean I said to Paul two nil. I said oh, this is done. And he looked at me and said, never say that in 2 0. He said, you should know better than anyone. You don't do. say the game's Over done in 2 0. Gates said last season, don't, yeah. don't, just don't. Yeah. Yeah, we had a good tweet uh, from George Sessions who said in the 20th minute, this is vintage stuff from the O's. Clay and Lee win it back. Lee and McAuliffe combined by a bomb before the captain curls over. And Orient look irresistible so far. And like George said, every player was playing really well. Clay and Lee mm-hmm. were just completely solid in the middle. McAuliffe was. Playing some great passes, Bond was and Karoma up front were running ragged, and the defence were looking solid. It was a real good, good opening twenty mm-hmm. minutes for the O's. And the next ninety minutes saw Orient completely in control of the game. Nice passing, moving, a uh, few minor chances, and then in the 39th minute, Charlie Lee intercepted a short pass on the halfway line, ran at the Haven and Waterlooville defence, kept running with no challenge, and pulled the trigger from roughly thirty yards with pace, and it took an almighty swerve past the keeper, hit the net. And 3-0, I think that everyone knew it was pretty much game over for them. Yeah, job done. Great hit from Charlie Lee. Mm. Uh, superb hit. And the ball took a lovely swerve, beat mm. the keeper. Um, all his own making. And Charlie Lee having a, a fantastic season at that point. Yeah, it is game over. Um, quick question for you. When you're at another ground, are you consistently checking updates for Orient? Or oh, yeah, do you have I to be do, watching I, players? I do, yeah. I do. Because um, I was doing an opposition report yesterday and you've got to be a bit more concentrated yeah, I, I wasn't doing it as much yesterday uh, but and then sometimes I, if I'm just watching a player sometimes I'll have, be, I'll have my headphones on I'll listen to Dave Victor right, sometimes okay. as a rule and I've, there's been times when I, you know, I've been punching the air and cheering okay, <laughs> and nothing's happened and I look like the village idiot like you know people start sitting and moving away from me what's it no but uh, yeah, so yesterday I was sort of concentrating more but my phone was in my pocket and kept vibrating all the time with all the, all the tweet updates. I bet. So, so, yeah. I bet. But Charlie Lee seemed like quite the character on the training ground. Seems like a funny bloke. Good player. Good yeah. player. He's a good character. Um, sort of player you want around, in and around the dressing room and the club. And just say he's a good player as well. He's been nice played at a good level as yeah. well. Championship, League One, quite consistently. So, um, yeah, worthwhile member of the squad. Yeah, absolutely. Proving his worth after quite an unlucky season last season with injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, 42nd minute, a free kick in a dangerous position uh, was hit over the bar 
by Karoma. I thought Karoma was having a very good game for him. He mm. doing really well pulling the defenders out, holding up well for Bond. And they were really kind of having trouble with uh, with Karoma's movement. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, 44th minute Stock crosses into the area Lewis makes a run in and heads over from close range when he should have done better uh, I think that's pretty much their only four yeah. into a half in the, in the first half a uh, small amount of injury time was played and half time whistle goes with us leading 3-0 yeah so for me really kind of sensational first half of football clearly quite up front easily kind of dealing with everything they've given us at the back uh, and they couldn't deal with us and mm-hmm. for very little so really happy and it's not often that we sit at half time completely relaxed mm-hmm. free to up from thinking this game's done so it was a nice feeling at half time mm-hmm. uh, attendance was given 5,044 uh, 43 sorry with 224 from Haven which yeah. I, I was surprised at that, to be honest yeah a lot better I not didn't bad think the crowd would be that big yesterday no, that's, that's good I suppose because they've just been promoted I suppose coming to you know proper league ground and a yeah. big, big club it's a big day out I suppose so I'm surprised um, I'll say it's I'm surprised to an extent, but then again, I'm not. So, yeah. you know, I think a lot of this, I think coming to our club is going to be a, a big day out for a lot of clubs, isn't it? I yeah, think. it'd be a highlight for most of those clubs. Yeah, definitely, I think, yeah. To come. Uh, so, second half kicked off, no subs for the O's, so just in keeping it as it was. And in the 49th minute, it was a good chance of 4 0, as James Dayton got through, uh, poked it at goal, which they keep a tip wide, uh, but randomly no corner was given. I mean, it was a blatant save. Mm-hmm. Uh, 52nd minute, Josh Corona beats his man again, cuts the ball back for Dayton, and Dudzinski saves again. Uh, and it went for a corner. Yeah, well pronounced there, Mr. Yeah, Tom. I know she left his name out. In I didn't leave his name out there. Yeah, 57th minute, Craig Clay, uh, who was completely controlling the midfield, uh, put in Bond, uh, passing to his, his path. Uh, Bond, at a very tight angle, managed to get a strike away, which beat the keeper, but struck the inside of the yeah, post. I thought that was, in. that was unlucky. I thought that was good. I thought, I thought that was in that one, yeah. I thought that was probably the hardest chance of the game there, and he done really well. Bond, you can see he's buzzing just confidence was all around him thought he was really unlucky there unlucky McCauley mm-hmm. uh, 60th minute it was 4-0 Bond bags his second of the game following a great move as he nutmegs his opponent passes to Clay who does the same to play Macarena who drilled it in at the near post uh, round off a superb move yeah so at the time I didn't actually realise the nutmegs were happening mm. so obviously we sit in the south set, we yeah. just thought it was a good goal and a good finish but when you watch it back on television yeah that's a brilliant goal very, I mean that's Barca mm. that's all over Sky Sports probably for the nutmegs and the finish yeah. now Bond done well to sort of scoop it round for the first one yeah and then got in there for the finish yeah took it well and at that point you're thinking right done who's Justin going to bring off and mm-hmm. give some well-earned rest time so yeah. but the well, ground everyone was, was thinking was it six or seven today yeah and the ground was rocking, like really good atmosphere. It was just nice, and again, you could just kind of sit there and go, right, three points here. And obviously, we were waiting to get updates to see whether we'd go top of the league uh, at that point. And in the 66 minute, I guess a forced first substitution, the Sam Ling went down uh, and came off through injury. So he came off, uh, and James Brophy came on, and Brophy went to left back. And Miles Judd, who was also having a very good game, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, went to right back. Judd was terrific on, uh, yesterday. Judd, really good, really tenacious. And it just shows you James Brophy, who would have been probably most people's first name on the team list in August mm. comes off the bench now and we're sitting here going and plays what left a great back. sub to play <laughs> and plays a left back yeah no, absolutely was there any update on Ling do we know if he's I think he's going to be okay you. I think he's going to be okay um, probably precautionary but um, mm. he'll be resting today uh, tomorrow yeah, it's Ling. a typical it's like, Tuesday, Tuesday night game Tuesday week, night I don't think you know I don't think there's any big panic I haven't heard anything anyway, so... Yeah, good to hear, good yeah. to hear. We've said, obviously, Joe is suspended for one more game. Joe's got one more game to go, yeah. So we've obviously got Miles, who will obviously play, and it's whether Sam could come back, or do you pray let 
play like Brophy at left back, mm-hmm. or is there someone else who can You can play Brophy at left back. Um, obviously, I'm pretty sure Lawrence has played George, yeah. George, yeah. George, yeah. George made his name at left back, didn't he, with Wolves? Yeah, good point. Um, yeah. Hap. Happy, yeah, yeah. So they left back. A few options. So, like, so. You could switch Juddy there, and Alex Lawless can play right back as yeah. well. So, a few options. There are a few options, yeah. Yeah, really good to see. Seventy third minute, another sub as Charlie Lee came off for Dale Goldman. I thought Lee had done really well today. Probably being game managed more than anything yeah, else. Yeah, he, he was com- so comfortable for him um, yesterday. He was sort of waltzing around. Same with like Marvin. All of them. I mean, we just looked a class above them all over the pitch. And that they were never really in the game. It was pretty, you know, it was very comfortable. Yeah, yeah. Eighty second minute, uh, Miles Judd. Uh, sorry, seventy seventh minute. Final sub for the O's as Alibi came on for James Dayton and Josh Caroni goes to the right wing and Alibi goes up front. So you see with the subs, there's loads of players interchanging positions and it gives Justin lots of different options, which he must be absolutely loving at the moment. And I thought getting Josh done really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, a good game. Really strong. Uh, 82nd minute uh, Miles Judd wins the uh, wins the ball back after losing it he finds Craig Clay and he picks out Karoma who runs at the defender plays a perfect ball to Bond who had time and space but he's low efforts tame and straight at the keeper good opportunity for the hat-trick there yeah. I think he'll be very disappointed mm. uh, they didn't put that one away yeah, I think he was thinking about celebrating before he'd uh, even hit the ball there yeah probably but not much else happened uh, after this really three minutes of added time were played and the full time whistle goes as I win the game 4-0 and rocking all over the world, blares out over the Bray Group Stadium sales system to leave the O's fans going home. A very happy bunch. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin Edinburgh after the game said, I am pleased with the performance. It was a positive start. We always looked a threat and we were worthy of the win. We spoke during the week and did a lot of work at the training ground and the players responded. If we'd got a couple more, it would have been justified, but credits haven't because they kept going and never gave up for their manager. They gave everything they had until the end, but I felt that we were a very good unit today and moved the ball well and always looked decisive in the final third. We were on the front foot and every game we play here, nothing else is on our mind other than win. Once you get the early goal, it gives you the opportunity to have more calmness and you can dictate the play a bit more with your passing and Cromer and McCauley, when they play together, they're always looking a threat. Yeah, so good words there Justin, I guess a bit of insight, I guess, because you obviously have dealings with Justin. What's Justin like? So what, what has he done since he's come in and why has he been so successful, do you think, at Orion? He knows what he wants. First and foremost, he's very decisive. Um, he makes a decision, he'll stick to it. Uh, and he's, he's a good character as well. He's, very, he's a good man-manager. I think, you know, the players respond to it well to him. He doesn't mind a laugh and a joke, and I think that's good. You can see there is, yeah. you know, there is a, there is a. He likes a bit of banter around the place, and uh, Mickey taking and all that. So it's, it's it's all, it's all pretty good. But obviously, once you get on the pitch, it's you know, and in the training ground, it's uh, it's pretty much serious after that. But you know, but there's a, as I say, there's a nice, there's a good mix, and I say he's, um, I, I enjoy working for him. To be fair, I think he's. Uh, you know, so he knows what he wants. He knows the level, yeah, which is very, very important. And uh, so, so, yeah, it's just, uh, it's just good. I yeah. think he's made us more direct. I think we get, you know, we get the ball quicker, up forward a lot quicker now. Um, but at times, I think before under Steve, sometimes we used to play a bit slow. A bit, yeah, a bit too slow, and teams can pick you off. But I think, you know, for this league, he's, he knows what's needed in this league. And uh, I think we still play good football, don't get me wrong. 
but we, we get the football ball in their half, we go and we play the football in their half. So, and you know, as I say, we've been players, we've got Joby, Dates, you know, you can't say we're not a good footballing side. Absolutely. So, you know, Absolutely. But, you know, it's, it's about playing in the right areas. Long may it continue. Yeah. Long may it continue, Justin, we trust. So that win, coupled with draws for Salford, and a last minute equaliser for Chesterfield against Wrexham mean that the O's have climbed up to first in the National League as we have now played 17 games, won 10, drawn 6, lost 1 with a goal difference of plus 23. That's a fantastic mm. goal difference, best goal difference in the division. Mm-hmm. 36 points, but it's very top, uh, tight at the top. So yeah, we're just one tight. point ahead of Salford and Wrexham. Mm-hmm. Who are in second and third, just two points ahead of Solihull in the fourth, I think four points ahead of five. So that's very congested. Like we normally said mm-hmm. at this point, there's only like two or three pulling away at this point. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I thought Solihull very tight fall away after their start, but they just keep winning. But it's it's four points between top and seventh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very and tight. So it's good in a way because it, it keeps the pressure on. You know, it, you know, so you know you have to stay focused all the time. You know, you can't allow any complacency. You know, you get a hiccup, and it says it's proved. You get a hiccup, you know, you drop down to third. Yeah. Yeah, the space of a game. It can yeah, we only, you know, we only drew. Mm. Yeah. We only drew and dropped down to third. I think it's good that Salford have dropped, you know, points in their last couple of home games. Because I think oh, I was a couple of weeks ago worried at their form. You know, I thought they were going to win, you know, next 10 on the bounce, and we literally couldn't afford to make a mistake. So yeah. thankfully they've dropped a couple of points. It's, it's going to happen. Over the, over the course of the season, all teams will drop points. Uh, you're saying we're still we're only just over a third away through the season, and it's as great as it is to be where we are at the moment. Uh, you've still got to keep, you know, you've still got to keep churning, you know, yeah. churning, churning the results out. Yeah. And games come thick and fast, don't they? So, like I said, we could be sitting here next Sunday talking about two losses, and we could be. I don't think we will be. Hopefully, we no. could be like seventh or eighth of the league, and it could look very different. Hopefully, it won't though. Um, so the bearded legend. Isn't here, although we do have another bearded legend, so good <laughs> representation this evening, Matt. Uh, so Paul said this game was never in doubt. Right from the first whistle, we were at them, pressing all the time, keeping the ball well when we had possession, good movement. This game had everything you would look for from a side looking to get promoted, but I have to say, haven't possibly the worst team we've seen at home. I'll probably agree with that. Yeah, probably this season. Yeah, they, you know, even the teams that come and they've not got great quality players, they're normally tough to play against. Uh, I mean Sutton you can take out they were tough to play against but they've got like some ex-league players but they just they didn't put any tackles in they didn't press us they didn't really do anything you know Marvin their guy out front the big guy Kim Pemba you know Marvin was just strolling around it was just it was just easy for him in the pocket yeah in the pocket Paul I'd say decent crowd today and we make noise which is important add to that results elsewhere we're favourable we're now top of the league but it's only the end of October so still a long way to go. Anything else that you'd like to add uh, from yesterday? Uh, I, th- I think that's covered it. I think, yeah. you know, Judd, as people say on social media will come to, Judd had a good game. I think they all had, they all had a good game. They all did their job. Um, thought, I, th- I thought we'd get a couple more, to be honest. We, we were a little bit wasteful in the second half, but I mean, 4-0 was job done. It was a yeah, comfortable yeah. afternoon. Yeah, can't complain for me. thought it was a really good performance, actually. Thought, as soon as the first goal went in, it was pretty straightforward. Um, we were never going to be in trouble. Good to see Bond get a double. There was a lot mm-hmm. of criticism for Bond actually uh, last week on the party. We've <laughs> even a few suggestions of dropping him. Um, so well done to Mecca. Charlie Lee, fantastic goal. Craig Clay, I thought was great. Like we'll come mm-hmm. on to with the tweets. A lot of love out there for Craig Clay, as well as Josh, who I thought was very good. And Miles Judd, whose tenacity mm-hmm. is 
superb a couple of times mm-hmm. where he's won the balls he shouldn't be winning and the drive of the team forward mm-hmm. and as a fan you just love to see that and all fairness for everyone on the pitch like you've done their job really well mm-hmm. four little home win top of the league what more can you ask for really so I guess from that four time also when you've obviously the six little winning where you were yes and then obviously punch in the air when you hear the final result that was yeah it was very comfortable actually it was good so I was just, you know, you don't, you know, it's, to be fair, it's more than a job. You know, he's, there's a lot of pride. You now when we lose games, you know, your Saturday night's not as pleasant, to yeah. be fair. And when you win games, you know, you, you, you're buzzing. And, you know, you, you do, you become a fan. You know, there's no other way about it. You, be, you know, you become a fan. And all our guys are the same, you know, like the other scouts, you know, when I'm fine out and I talk to them in the game, they text me during the game, oh, yes, you know, and all that, you know. Yeah. So it's, it's brilliant, you know. Brilliant. So loads and loads of views after the match on social media. Uh, so thank you for sending them in. And these are all tweets that came to Orient Outlook. And just because we read them doesn't mean we agree. We read them for balance. So let's try and go around the table and say we're not uh, just hearing my my voice. <laughs> so I'll start going this way. Uh, Alan BR4029 2092 says to paraphrase a former Prime Minister, crisis, what crisis? The goals are flowing again and the O's are back. Wonderful. Uh, at Essex Biz, great to bounce back from last week's disappointment. To a man, every player on the pitch played their part in a great team performance. Two very important away games coming up. At Matty LOFC Evans, top of the league. Excellent performance from all. Need to keep the momentum to Eastley and Fylde. Very promising. Yeah, so we'll come on to Eastley and Fylde in a little bit. At Record Blue App, this is a very good performance against the poor side. Good to kill the game off nice and early. And good to see Bond back on the score sheet. Roll on Tuesday night at Eastley. At, is it Willow Gaffer yeah. said a match of complete ease against a side that trained twice a week never in doubt from the whistle Craig Clay absolutely outstanding covered every blade of grass and produced lots of quality on the ball top of the league so can't ask for any more uh, we've got one from Estato here Stato, yeah. at Matt Bristow <laughs> after his brace today at Macaulay Bond has now been involved in a goal every 116 minutes this season compared to 153 minutes last season hashtag prolific yeah that <laughs> Fantastic find there. Brilliant. Uh, big ads, LOFC. says, we were excellent throughout. Haven't were by far the worst thing we have played, but we remained professional and produced good passages and good finishing. Well, I guess that would be, Justin would be quite happy with that. Like, you know, we haven't taken our foot off the gas. We haven't got complacent. Because how many times do you see teams who should be rolling over teams lose mm-hmm. by your goal because they just get complacent and exactly, thinking yeah. they're going to lose it. So really good to see that. Uh, Joe underscore Pavitt said solid performance only issue was the last five minutes when our defence got a little shaky but Marvin Josh soon recovered Gerard, I meant to say Clay but no difference was amazing well deserved man of the yeah. match at Samuel LOFC 97 top performance for once somebody gave Clay man in the match been excellent so far this season played some good football clean sheet Jaddy was also excellent at left back. Yeah, at Sasha, Jay Wolfs is a great performance for Leo's, especially Lee, Judd and Clay, who deserved his man of the match. Great to keep a clean sheet as well. Shane Macker couldn't get his hat-trick. Thought the ref should have got his book out sooner, but not bad compared to most we see in this league. Yeah, I mean, we're not talking about the ref, so on the basis yeah, I, of that. There, there literally wasn't a bad tackle in the whole yeah. game. I think they, one guy got booked in the second half for bringing, I can't remember. Oh, it was yeah, the challenge, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that was it. There was literally, there was nothing in the game at all. Yeah, we'd agree with that. Uh, at Len M4 a much needed and professional response haven't were poor but we did very well to punish their mistakes early on excellent game management as well uh, at David Danu is that? yeah uh, that's what happens when you come to E10 and play the non-league Galacticos <laughs> kudos to the players J-E-D-W 
RE got it got to love it when the plan comes together yeah it was this easily could have been 6 or 7 against the poor team but a couple of exquisite goals at the top of the league so who's complaining apart from the guy behind me in the north stand for some reason oh, there's always one isn't there uh, Clay deservedly man of the match what a great season he's having I just want to talk about Clay quickly there's a lot of love for Craig Clay whereas this time mm. last season and probably earlier this season as well mm-hmm. a lot of people not too happy with Clay why, why is Clay so much better now than what he was last season I think he's had a proper pre-season behind, under his belt now. Um, I think when he first came to the club, I think he had a newspaper, newspaper interview with George Sessions last week. I think he alluded to it when he, you know, he bought a flat and the trouble was going through. You know, you know what it's like moving house and going through mortgages and yeah. all that. And you know, probably his mind wasn't on the football as much as it probably should have been sometimes. So uh, and also. Second half, half of last season, uh, he had a virus and he never really recovered from that properly. And he was back in the team playing, he wasn't 100% fit. Um, but he played because obviously Alex was out with a hip flexor injury, Charlie was still out with his ACL, and there wasn't another competition, so there was just him and Ebu yeah. in midfield at the time. So he probably played, uh, he probably could have done with the, you know, the rest. So um, but that says something about his character as well, though, that he was still out there, you know, giving it his all. Even yeah. though the performances probably wasn't as great, um, you're, you're, you're seeing the best of him now. Absolutely. So Justin got it spot on by resting him last week as well, then. Yeah. If he was looking so fresh yesterday. Yeah. I've got the same with Joby as well. I think, you know, it's all very well saying, you know, we should have played a stronger team or we played a weakened team and that, but, you know, Joby's played a lot. Dates has played a lot and you know you want those players fresh for the league games million percent yeah Joby was still chasing down in front of the West Ham where I was in when we were 4-0 up in the last minute chasing their right back down and we were just saying like what you're doing phenomenal. you know like chill he's out fantastic, yeah. fantastic professional I must, I must say that he did manage to take a shot that went right over the North Stand yeah, road so well done at Joby he's not back in someone's right. garden yeah <laughs> smashed through now yeah. but yeah apart from that Joby an absolutely uh, outstanding player an example how to treat your body as a professional because mm-hmm. 36 and like you said the last man running and looks like he could do another 90 when he's coming off the pitch which is how my body's like that at 36 <laughs> <laughs> uh, at Stassi Stassi uh, masterclass in central midfield from Joby in the first half despite a couple of wayward shots second half I thought we were quite wasteful up top and should have had two or three more defensively top job contained our opponents with ease at Ed Jones 1976 Easy winner against a terrible side, but you can only beat what's in front of you. Judd my man in the match, Clay very good, and where does Joby get his energy? Love the double net makes for the fourth, and Lee's blockbuster. We are top of the league. Yeah, Vince Howard, 73, since today showed flashes of how we started the season, playing with a lot more intensity and belief. I think it's fair to say having Karama up front makes a lot of difference to how we play, and his movement helps create room for the, uh, from the midfield to move forward. Yeah, good point, I think Karoma. Mm-hmm. I think now he's definitely the first choice mm-hmm. alongside Bond. Uh, at Das Hodge, haven't were awful, but they've not lost a game by more than one goal since August, or in were class across the pitch. I love Judd's never-say-die, throw-your-body-in-the-line attitude. Clay boss midfield, Lee scored a total belter. Bond's second was excellent. At Sam Boast 1, the CMs were great today. Clay in particular. Judd Madden a match from a different class. Good overall performance, but they were awful. True test will be the fold and Wrexham games coming up. 
Fair play to their keeper, top saves, but some great goals. Clean sheet and top of the league. Yeah, Les OK 52 says, I know this sounds ridiculous after scoring four, but we could and should have had eight on another day. Our inconsistency in front of goal might cost us. So an interesting one there. There's a few tweets that I saw, not really many that came to us, but saying that they felt we should have scored more. I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I'm thought, quite happy to take yeah, four. I, you know, we got the fourth quite early in the second half. I thought we would have got a few more, but... You know, four 0 was enough. So and we've got the best goal difference. So I mean, what more can they do? Yeah, scored the Agreed. most and conceded the least. Oh, I think Rex conceded the least, but agree. You know, we've got the good goal difference, so it's not really much more they can do. Um, at Boat C said, "Great result today. Four of the very best. We're starting to look like real contenders. Let's keep that first place ours." At Orient Boat, Orient Ballbag, sorry, <laughs> a good win, albeit against poor opposition. The team as a whole went about their business in a professional manager and got the job done. Clay, Bond, McEnough, Lee and Big Mar for me could have got man in the match. Great to see goals from other players than just Bond. Good point there about mm-hmm. other players. We could at half-time free up three different goal scorers. So again, looking good after you know lots of criticism over the past weeks for the team. At Leighton underscore ears. So it's a great performance built on partnerships. Marvin Josh, Liam Clay, Karoma and Macca. That's been the difference this year. Settled pairings all over the pitch. Clay especially was immense. Mm-hmm. Uh, at Leighton's finest, 73, said, thought Joby McEnough and Craig Clay were superb today. Clay just shaded man of the match and Bonds will say no more. People wanted him dropped, but he silenced them with two goals today. Overall, great performance from every O's player. At Grillers 1985, if Carlsberg did Saturdays, then today was that day. 4 new win, a clean sheet, showboating, pass and move with confidence and top of the league. Rolled on Eastleigh and the rest of the league. We are staying top tops till the end of the season. Yeah, we hope so. Seems like a lot of people well up for Eastleigh. I reckon we'll take quite a lot down there. Uh, Ian Tutton says, football's a different game when playing on grass. The ball doesn't behave like a beach ball like it did at Maidstone and you can tackle properly. The only cloud for me is failure to take chances. The goal difference could be crucial with tough games coming up on Tuesday at Eastleigh. Mm-hmm. At only one team said, nice to walk away from the ground with nothing to moan about. Yes, we should have scored more, but we never really looked in trouble today. Results went our way too, so we jumped to the top with three points and a clean sheet. Job done. At Jamie Stripe, honestly, I can't judge how good we were going by the quality of the opposition. I thought we were good and poor in parts, with our finishing and decision making in the final third lacking throughout the game. Clay was excellent. And a great goal from Lee. Bigger test next Saturday. Interesting tweet there from Jamie. Uh, you know, but it will be a bigger test next Saturday. Mm-hmm. Having watched yeah. them yesterday, but you know, I think we're more than up for it. To be fair. Yeah, we'll come on to that uh, shortly. All right, Alan Golich says a great win. Clay outstanding with Lee not far behind. If you control midfield the way uh, they did, we will win. Two excellent strikes from Macca. Top of the league. What an excellent afternoon. The only downside was Sam limping off. Hope he is okay for Tuesday. Uh, at Rayleigh, Dave, great passion and spirit by every player, superb pressing from the off, never gave having a chance to get into the match, approach personified by Judd, and Clay was immense, has proved me very wrong. Yeah. At Kevin Carlin, fantastic complete performance from an old side that's going places. Clay thoroughly deserved man in the match, he was immense. No accident when top of the league, only one defeat in 17 tells his own story. Squad is strong, hope we can win league and avoid playoff lottery. Yeah, me too. And the final word this week goes to at TCW0102, who's done a bit of maths calculation for us. He says, played 17 for 36 points, which equals a 2.29 points per game. 
If you tie him that by 46, you'll end up on 105 points. Uh, and last season, the league was won with 92 points. Hashtag Curb Your Enthusiasm, yeah. which is also a great TV show. Um, <laughs> so I think if you time the top three, we'd all have 100 points, though, wouldn't we? So we'd all be there or thereabouts. I think, yeah, it would tail off. I can't that see it's not going to be unkind. Yeah. I mean, I remember two seasons ago, Tranmere got 95, mm. finished second. So. Um, Four years ago, was it five years ago mm. now, we broke our club record. You know, 86 points, I think we finished on, and that would any other season out of League One, you'd be in the Championship, but. Wolves oh, broke their record, oh, so it did Brentford. Get out of my house. <laughs> but, you know, fingers crossed it doesn't come to that. We will see. So let us know if you agree or disagree with any of those tweets uh, by emailing us at orangeoutlook.com or by tweeting us at orangeoutlook. And apologies if we weren't able to read your tweet. There were loads yesterday, so thank you for sending those in to us uh, as you did. Uh, into the prediction league um, top of the table with 16 points is Ian Manny Rennie John uh, at Pills the Dough Man and at Stephen Orient uh, 15 points Tony Antonio and then on 14 points you've got Eastside Orient Mark Shepherd underscore 79 and YT 1997 LOFC uh, and as always thanks for all your predictions yes that's following the game where there were quite a few correct predictions we had quite uh, a lot uh, coming so just a bit of a well done to Noreen underscore Telfer, Big Ads LOFC, Daniels 9119, Ian Manley, Renee John, John McNobi, Les OK52, Essex Biz, and Barry Twig, who got the scoreline right and also got two scorers. But an extra kudos to at Stephen Orient and Frankie AK Hurst, who got 4 0 and three scorers. So they got six points. So a massive well done uh, to you. So moving on into today, the 28th of October, uh, Craig Clay was named in the non league papers team of the day following his performance yesterday against Heaven. A Waterloo, so well done to Craig. I'm surprised Bond uh, didn't end up in there. And I was also surprised Judd didn't end up in there. Know, does, does he really take any note? I mean, who writes that in a non league paper anyway? They normally have the formations completely. It's always like a 4 4. just pick up whoever scores a goal. 3 3 today. But yeah, well done to Craig, nonetheless. The ladies' team were in action away to Cambridge United in the first round of the FA Women's National League Cup. And despite going in level at half-time, uh, lost the game 3-0, uh, whilst the development team were in action against Sutton United and lost the game 4-3. So unlucky yeah, ladies Unlucky there. to the ladies. So fantasy football update then. So Tolu Sangawawa leads the Orient Outlook podcast fantasy football league on 644 points. I'm in 42nd and Paul is in 106th place. Out of 195 players, this hasn't updated with today's scores. I will definitely be in the top 30. I'm going to ask you as a football scout, do you do fantasy football league? Or someone asked, do you play football manager? Which is a serious question. Uh, I used to in the days. So I don't get time now, to be fair. What? To play footy manager? Football manager, yeah. And also, um, yeah, the fantasy football, so I do that quite, quite a bit. To be fair, I haven't really got a great deal of interest in the Premier League football now, to be fair. Um, it's just, just way off the scale now with the money and all that. And... And, and I think all the foreigners in the games, I've, I've really lost interest in it, you know. So, and it, like when the games are on BT Sport, I never, I mean, I've got BT Sport because they show a hell of it. That's league, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, it's not because of that. And I watch so much football anyway, and now I just, I might have a game on, but it's just like, I'm not really that fast to be fair. And even West Ham were on last time, 
I'm not a West Ham fan. So, so I've got a West Ham fan and a South End follower, and he used to work at Brentford in that season where they done that. Honestly, I've, just, I've lost, I've lost complete interest in that. To be fair, like since they they moved to the Olympic Stadium, yeah, I get that. I just, you know, it's not, it's not the same club for me. To be fair, and uh, completely understand that. You know, you know, my era was like you know Billy Bonds and all that. You know, Ian Bishop players like that. You know, it was great times, but. As I say, I, I haven't really, I can't relate to the club at the moment. To be fair, yeah, I've got, I've got other priorities. I think that's where I already have a massive opportunity as well. Those people who are disillusioned yeah. with West Ham can go one stop away from yeah, Stratford and, that's true. and get that fan engagement. And I think the next five to ten years are probably critical for West Ham, just as critical as what they are for it to be that. That's right. Yeah, definitely. That fan base. So dream team updates. We also do a dream team fantasy league, and our Humphreys leads this one uh, on six hundred and thirteen points. I'm in fifth place. The bearded legend's having another shocker. He's in 62nd out of 112 players. So let's do some positives, negatives, and awakenings, Steve. We've got a few questions for okay. you from our social media outlets. Do you want to go for positives? Uh, positives, obviously, we're now top of the league. Um, three different goal scorers and a brilliant performance. Yeah, all good positives to have. Negatives mm-hmm. for me, should we have scored more goals? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Second one, Sounding's injury. Uh, so, Sam, hope you're okay. Uh, and the third one uh, was the lack of fourth kits in the club shop oh. we got there at two they were sold out pretty much every size um, so lost opportunity I know more coming in tomorrow um, but could have absolutely cleaned up on the financial front uh, mm-hmm. yeah so here of the week so following some superb performances it was time to take a hero of the week decision back to Twitter as we nominated Macaulay Bond Craig Clay Miles Judd and Charlie Lee and then we had 142 votes in about 22 hours and it's 7% uh, voted to Charlie Lee which I thought might have been a bit higher but then based on other performances you probably understand why 80% Macaulay Bond uh, 24% was Marvis Judd and a clear winner with 51% of the vote was Craig Clay so probably I probably agree with that one mm-hmm. this yeah. week yeah his best game I've seen him have yeah I would say probably his best game in the orange shirt mm-hmm. I probably agree on that one so well done to Craig uh, and thank you for all uh, your votes obviously Steve we told the world of social media that you were coming, we were inundated uh, okay, with questions. Yeah. Some we've probably already gone through. Um, so if we have, we'll kind of skip those questions. But Alan College says, are you asked to look for particular players or do you have your own research and then make recommendations to the management? Um, it's a bit of both, to be fair. Um, Ross and uh, and the gaffer will get names put to them sometimes and then they'll ask if I know anything about them. Uh, if I don't, we will try and get them watched. Um, some of them will, will be from non-league. Um, we are going pretty heavy in the non-league at the moment and looking to see what we can get out of there. Mainly because, not necessarily for first team, but we probably we may next season have some sort of form of development group. Um, so there could be a chance. With that. Obviously with the young players like Rul Saturiu, yeah, then Hector Kiprianu and players like that, um, we can keep hold of them. Whereas yeah. like last season we lost Toby Stevenson, well, we, he was released because we didn't have a, there wasn't a group for him to go into. I saw he scored, was it four or five three, goals the other week? One there. of those goals was outrageous. Uh, one of the, he hit the crossbar as well. <laughs> yeah, he could, he could have had four. Is he, def- is he a defender? He's a left back. He's a left back, he's yeah. got a hat trick. Well, I, I was there, I was at the game and uh, I, was, I was having a chat with him and... Uh, and chat with him. You had a chat with his dad after the game, and obviously, I'm really pleased for him. Yeah, do well. You know, you, you know, you want that. You want the best, and then like, players have left the club since, and 
you know, rather than turn your back on them, I'd, I'd do my best, you know, to help them out whatsoever. And lads, even lads, when I took into Brentford, I still talk to their parents sometimes, and you know, and try and help them get find clubs and whatever. And they mightn't necessarily be for us, but if I can help them out, still, I'm more than willing to help them out. Yeah. I still, still speak to Clarkie every now and then, and. Uh, Clarky, Michael Clark. Michael Clark. So he's at Concord, is he? He's at Concord, he's gone to Concord, yeah. So. Do all you scouts sort of sit together and you know you're all sort of roughly watching the same player or is it all very secret and you don't want to sort of let, you, let them see, know? Reasonably secretive. Um, like this, actually, there was another scout club, first of all, scout club. Yeah, because talk about you, scout you club. Yeah. sort of seem like recognise <laughs> each other when you get there. There's, actually, there's one that I was, ex- I was expecting to sit on my own at Maidenhead yesterday, but I saw. Quite an experienced scout, Mel Johnson, who works for QPR now. And then Mel was one of the ones, uh, he used to work for Liverpool. I think he was key in taking, now he was at QPR as well before. I think he was pretty much key in taking um, Raheem, St- Raheem, Han- um, Raheem, Sterling, Raheem Sterling from Liverpool. Raheem Sterling to Liverpool, yeah. Wow. So, and Mel's been around the game a long, long time now. You know, works for some big clubs and so, you know. He's a like, really respected scout, good bloke as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Phil Warman, uh, I think we've already answered this. Was, was Ed Pateta a chance fired when Clark was at East Farrakh or was he always on the radar? But I think we've kind of. Yeah, that's right, he was always on the radar anyway. And uh, Ed Petita's got a brother who plays football. Is he any good? Yes, he's doing really well at the moment. Marvel. Yeah. Let's get Marvel in. <laughs> Marvel, yeah, Marvel. Marvel's at um, Hungerford Town. Okay. And in I've seen him tweet, I don't South. know much about him. Yeah, uh, he, he was at, at Chelmsford. With Marvin, and then he went to Bishop Stortford, uh, but he's playing very, he's playing very well. And get, I think he's getting quite. I've not seen him this season. I think he's getting quite a bit of recognition for Hungerford oh. at the moment. So yeah. he's a fullback. So it's, you know, again, it's not really an area. He's a he's a right back. So we obviously we got we got Chaddy and we got Sam. So it's not really an area we'll be looking for it. To be fair. But there is another one. There is a lover. There is a lover at Potato. There's a Cal- <laughs> there's, I've got a cousin, Calvin, as well, a striker. A Calvin at Potato? Yeah. Oh, wow. He's a striker. Wow. So, yeah. That's awesome. Uh, Les K says, would you take Ebru back in view of Ebb's fleet problems? We've got quite a lot of questions about Ebb's fleet in yeah. terms of who would you look at or would you look at anyone from his fleet? Is it hard to say? It's, there's one player I particularly like. Um... I've always rated him, it's Corey Whiteley. Um, but again, you know, it's got to be right for the club. Yeah. Um, it's got to be right for the gaffer, to be fair. So, um, it's just, I don't, I don't think, no, there's been nothing concrete. There's, no, there's not something where it's not been a prior priority, to be fair. I mean, we, we scored four goals yesterday. So, you know, you've got, you, you got, you got Josh... You know, you've got Mac a score, you've got Josh playing well, you've got Matt who's chipped in with a couple, Matt Holder's chipped in yeah. with a couple of goals, and James Alarby, I know a lot of people are sitting on, I know a lot of people have made their minds up on him, but to be fair to him, he's got an important goal up at Halifax. Last minute, wasn't it? He got an yeah. important goal against Maidenhead, he changed the game against Barnet, uh, so he definitely has got it in his locker, and I think we should you know, just give him that chance to find his feet. Because um, I say he's de- he's definitely got it. he's definitely got it in his locker, and I think sometimes we make decisions on players and 
and managers and clubs do, clubs are guilty of it as well not not just supporters clubs do it with managers they you know they give a manager four games of a season and sack him um, so just I think give players a bit of time and let them find their feet because you know they, they can affect the season for us I've got someone player who reminds me of that I was watching the Football League show this morning and Ollie Palmer scored mm. his ninth goal in the season for Crawley which which has taken him to his best ever goal scoring season already mm. at Orient Mm. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of him at all. Nine goals a season, having joined his best ever season. Uh, at Mungo, I don't know if you'll be able to answer this. Is is asking about budgets in January and ask whether you think we will strengthen or can see us strengthening? Uh, we will. I think we will strengthen. I think um, well, it all depending if, if Justin wants us to bring a player in to strengthen. I think um, I think we should be in a good position to do that. Uh, we are looking. Uh, obviously, because we don't want to sit in our laurels, you know, and, and let January pass, and not, and not, you know, if it gives us a, a little bit of extra impetus to take into the last, you know, the last couple of few months or the last few months of the season, then I think we we, we should do it. Yeah, um, yeah I think we've been lucky with injuries so far, haven't we? It did. I mean, it it worked. It worked. We had a good January last season. I don't. I'm not saying we're going to bring in as many players. Yeah. Um, as we did in January. But I think, you know, if it can just give us that little bit extra, that extra 10% to, you know, to, to be where we want to be at the end of the season, then I, I don't think, you know, it's a case of, you know, it won't be silly. You know, yeah, you're, not, you're not going to be going out and buying championship players and paying them 10 k a week or nothing like that. But, you know, it will be within our, within our you know, restrictions, and uh, which aren't really such restrictions. But it's just done. It'll be done sensibly. Is there any thoughts on uh, Levi Lamika? He's, he's not. Is he not ready for football? Or is he it's not for s- men's football? Or? It's not a case of not ready. I think it's he's come out of an under twenty three environment, mm. and uh, even the intensity of our training mm-hmm. uh, reflects that of games, mm-hmm. um, and also the fact that. You know, we've been on a winning run, mm, so yeah. you don't change. You know, you, you come in at the end of August, um, and we were winning games, you know, or, or not losing. So, and there's no injuries. So obviously, the gaffer wants to keep, you know, that that same group, and it just he just hasn't had had the opportunity. To be fair, yeah, I, mean, I guess the little wings. What you got, making off mm. who's never getting put out of the team, days in. You've got Brophy on the bench. Yeah, well, Brof, Brof's had an injury when, when Levi first came yeah. in, so, and then Brof's, well, it, it wasn't as bad as as first fall, so, um, it's just... Have we got him the season, have we? He's with us until January, they, they, yeah. there's a callback option. Um, you know, it's just a case of really, you know, maybe waiting for, well, if we do have injuries, mm. just waiting for his chance, working hard in training, and, uh, yeah, and, take, and taking it from there. Yeah. Cool. Jay Pittall, I think this question has been answered. It says, how many times would you watch a player before making a recommendation? I think we covered that. Yes, yeah, normally f- at the beginning. Two to three, I would say three, three, um, to be certain. Yeah. Uh, Stuart Dowsett says, are you tracking another player that is exciting you as much as Marv? I guess if you are, you're never going to tell us, just in case. <laughs> yeah, so there's one. Cover being blown. Yeah, there's, there's one I've, I've, you know, I've got in mind. To be fair, I'm not going to say any positions or anything. Oh, one up the sleeve. 
yeah. <laughs> why not this sleeve? Like there's, 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 one or, there's, there's one or two. Um, you, you're looking ahead now, you're, you're looking ahead to January, but you're looking past January as well. So, you know, if all goes well, you know, we, we want to be signed players, not just signed players to win, the, you know, get us into League 2, and it gets into League 2, mm. we want to sign players who can play in League 2 as well. Mm-hmm. How low down do you sort of send your guys like level to watch? We do Bostic League. So Bostic, Bostic North, um, Southern League, Prem, which is, they've regionalised it all now. So there's a Southern League South and a Southern League Central. So um, we might do the Division 1 of that as well. Uh, it's normally Step 4. The Pyramid would probably go down to, to be fair. So we cover um, all ba- cover a lot of yeah. bases. It's all covered. But that will be the step. F- the step four would be mainly um, that would be mainly the younger lads, like the the seventeen to twenty year olds. So if we do go down, if we do uh, go down that development squad route, there'll be players for that. So we're sort of building for the future a little bit as well. So get yeah, yeah. Completely, completely good answer. Uh, Stuart Dowser also would say. Where is your happy hunting ground? Is it lower leagues or under twenty threes or? Oh, non league, non league. I've you know, I've, I've pulled a few. I've given you know, a few lads in you know, a full time football out of non league. So, which is you know, that's that's the most rewarding thing. Yeah. To be fair, uh, the job. I mean, having a promotion on the CV would be would top it. I think, but you know, the bread and butter is, you know, finding players and giving them a chance of a career. I think. So. Matador on the forum says thank you Steve for some of the excellent players you have found us uh, he asks who do you think is our best prospect but I think we've probably covered that we talk about the under 18s well there is something well, in which class is a prospect I mean Marv could be classed as a prospect yeah. Mac is a cl- prospect I mean they've got potential to kick on and play at a high level um, as I say young Shadrach who we've got in the building at the moment I think he, I think he's got a good chance of a career as well. That, so, that must be great for you, I guess. If Maka or Marv end up playing at a high level, yes, personally for you, you go right. I found these players, and especially yeah, if it's Marv who's come from a lower level. Yeah, it'd be good. It'd be really good to be fair. Try and get some commission. <laughs> yeah, we'll have, we'll have a piece of that <laughs> transfer fee. We'll have a piece of that. He also asked the best player you've ever recommended. Best player I've recommended. Yeah, so that's that's the Orient. Um, I guess for I've your got, career, it sounds like you've had. A, there's a there's a there's there's a lot of slip through the net. To be fair, that's a question coming up. But we can talk about talk about that. So who's who slipped through the net? Then? Come on. Well, when I was uh, with Fleetwood, I was very keen on uh, us uh, signing. You know, they was looking for a, a, a youngish. Uh, they gave me the profile of centre half, centre back. Um, I feel like you're gonna say and, that. And, uh, Having been at Brentford um, and done a lot of loan reports when Alfie Mawson was on loan at Wickham oh. Wanderers, so I watched Alfie when he was on loan about four times. I had all these reports, so they said, they, and Fleetwood said, "Have you got any money in mind?" And he was like, "Young and a half." And I said, well, "Alfie Mawson at Wickham." So I had all these all these reports on my system on my laptop. So I've emailed him all over to the chief scout. Steve Davis and Greta Steinson, the technical director, and um, they spoke to the player, and I think they spoke to the club. I think they negotiated a fee and uh, a sell-on, I think, and um, but it never got over the line. 
of uh, I don't know why, but he never got over the line. And um, he went to he went to Barnsley instead. But uh, a year later, he had a season at Barnsley, got promoted into the Championship, spent August in the Championship playing the Championship, and then had a deadline day sign into Swansea for five point five million. <laughs> so that was a wow. that was that was one. Um, Dan Bentley was another big one, obviously from Southend. I watched him first. Actually, funny enough, first time I saw him was against Newport when Justin was manager of Newport, <laughs> and uh, that would have been January two thousand and fourteen. And Dan was about twenty then, I think, and and I watched him yeah, and, and I was very very keen on him and uh, I watched him again and I kept putting him into Brentford and mentioning him to Brentford all the time and uh, they never signed him until I actually left the club they signed him afterwards about two years after I left the club I think or two years after I first recommended him so um, but there was a couple of Brentfords and John Egan as well was another one they signed and they sold him yeah all got good money and Ryan Woods as well Ryan Woods was another one I was uh, I was very very keen I watched Ryan Woods Chief Scout sent me to watch to watch Dan Bentley for Southend and he said I'll have a look at Ryan Woods as well soon and he was quality so we watched him a few times and they signed him later on as well what about a player who you've you've been watching in I guess lower league you've gone this guy what is this guy doing here he should be well above this league is there someone you've just seen him run Corey Whiteley was probably when I, when I first saw him again. I was at Fleetwood at the time. Um, he was 23 at the time, though, so he was playing for Enfield Town. And it was under-21s then. It was before it went under-23s. So, which, within their reason, he wasn't ready for first-team football. And they said, well, he's too old. And at his age, he needs to be ready for the first team. And he wasn't ready for League One. But Fleetwood was a... a was at the time and still are so um, but I, he was always going to be better than the level he was playing um, so yeah they, they would have been one and he's just carried on improving really yeah so there's Do probably others off the top of my head I can't think is there anyone who you've, you're, who's got to a really high level you're surprised at that you saw when he was younger and you thought you know, yeah funny enough I was saying about this the other day when I saw watching the goals the midweek goals, and I think it was Ollie Hawkins, who was at, was at Pompey now. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's there. Yeah, the centre forward. And again, I was at I was at Fleetwood at the time, and they wanted me to watch him before he went to Dagenham. He was at uh, Hemel Hempstead, and wow. I saw him. And he was strong in the air. He was he was good in the air, but he just he was a bit like a beanpole really. He won he won a hell of a lot in the air. He didn't look very mobile. Um, wasn't very good on the floor, but he's playing League One football every week now, so I've probably got that wrong, to be fair. It's probably the only one that has a bit of me in the backside, I think. But well, what I want, that's not bad in terms of... So, there's no, there's no one who's really, well, I've gone... Um, there's no one playing in the Premier League or anything like that, where I've gone, oh, no. You know, but, you know, but, you know... I've always, the thing is, that's the thing, I've always had an open mind, really, and uh, if players go on and prove, you know... You know, have a good career. Good, yeah. you know, good luck to him. Brilliant. Yeah. Gentleman Kent has also asked. I think we've covered all of this. Can Steve comment on the extent of our scouting network across the various divisions, and explain how it works in terms of staff, in terms of league, Edinburgh, Embleton, and Webb, uh, and also looking at those and other players before any decision is made to sign anyone. But I think we've pretty much covered. Yeah. Decanaway. 
that all works. So thank you for all your questions, unless you've got anything else that you'd like to... Uh, no, I think that's yeah. covered everything, yeah. Interesting. Cool. Okay, so moving on then to next week's fixtures. It's a busy week on the pitch as the O's have two tough away games coming up. So on Tuesday, uh, the 30th of October, we travel to Eastleigh for a National League game. It's been a season of change at Eastleigh with XO Andy Hessenthaler leaving the club to take the manager's role at Dover a couple of weeks ago. But there is an XO at the club. It's Paul McCallum. Uh, is still there for them. So Eastleigh attempt for the National League. So they're not doing too badly. Uh, and they beat Halifax away 1-0 uh, yesterday. So that'll be quite a difficult match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that'll be that tough on Tuesday. I think McCallum will be up for that. I think mm. last year it was a nil-nil ball draw. Mm. <coughs> Excuse me, nothing really happened in that game. It'll be too good point. Mm-hmm. Uh, followed up with a long trip to high-flying AFC Fylde on Saturday the 2nd of November in which I'm sure it'll be a tough game with Danny Rowe always being a danger man for the home side. Uh, Fylde a sixth in the National League on 32 points, only four points behind us after an emphatic 6-0 win at Maidenhead yesterday. So you was at the game, Steve? Yes. Uh, tough match for us coming up then on that one. Well, yeah, based well, on I mean, a 6-0 away with. They're, they're, <laughs> they're all tough matches. Um, I think Maidenhead probably had a day similar to what you saw with Haven yesterday. Um, I thought Maidenhead were, you know, were nowhere near as good as as I've seen them before. I mean, they've been really well organised, and Alan, you know, Alan Demetri gets them. You know, they're well drilled as a rule. They lost a they lost a player on about twenty three minutes straight red card. Uh, that was already one nil down by then. Um, but I think it was um, it was always going to be sort of it was one way traffic really. Normally, when you get a player sent off, it normally the team sort of. You know, make it harder. Yeah. If anything, you know, they, they, they gain strength from it. But they didn't yesterday. And I, thought, I just thought the movement of Fylde was very good. I thought Danny Rowe, in uh, the role he played yesterday, was excellent, to be fair. More, more than just a goal scorer. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think it'd be a, an entertaining game. But having said that, defensively, they wasn't tested yesterday. So... It was hard to see. I mean, they they were playing it along the back, quite comfortably and playing. It. No, there wasn't. There no wasn't pressure. pressure there wasn't pressure at all. Mm. And uh, you know, obviously, they they will get a game next week. Next yeah. week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah. when we went there last season, we beat them. Mm. They beat us at our place, so we go and beat them this season. I feel like the Harrogate game where people were a little bit worried. You know, first big test, and then we went there and passed out with flying colours. Yeah. So, oh yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we went there and won one nil again. Fingers crossed. Now, it's, yeah, it'll it's, be a tough game, as I say. They're all, this, this league is a very, very tough league. So you know, you can play. You know, you can play a team who's going to be nineteenth in the league, and you will come a cropper sometimes. Uh, everyone's capable of beating each other. Yeah. Um, but as I say, I think you know, with the spirit we've got in the squad at the moment, and the preparation we have, which is first class, I just, I just think you know. We will give a good account of ourselves. Yeah, that's all we can ask for, really. I think it's mm-hmm. supposed to be quite a nice ground. I think a lot of travelling those fans went there last year and were mm-hmm. impressed by the setup there. Um, so if you're going, have a safe journey and send us a pic uh, on your way and tweet us uh, at the ground or even at the match. There's a few more things to talk about uh, next week. Like we mentioned at the top of the pod, on Thursday, the 1st of November, the under 18s are in action at home to South End in the first round of the FA Youth Cup. That'll be quite a difficult challenge for them. I think South End Youth are doing quite well. I think from what I saw, they won yesterday 3 1. They did, uh, Charlie Kilman. He's another lad, actually, a lad called Charlie Kilman. Got a good story about him. 
And uh, it. I watched him when I was working for Norwich a couple of seasons ago. Uh, played for Hornchurch under 15s and against Chelmsford. And uh, I watched it now, I think they won about 11 1. And he got eight goals. <laughs> got eight goals and set up two. Wow. So I'm getting really excited. I'm thinking, oh, I've got to find a player here. Great for your fantasy dream, uh, too. And I was going, I was going this, is, this, this lad's got something. So I'm on the, like, the, the WhatsApp group, the scouting WhatsApp group at Norwich. So I've got, I've got a player for us. And they go, what's his name? So I put his name and I said, uh, Charlie and all that. And then one of the scouts said, uh, it's not Charlie Kilman, is it? And I said, yeah, it is, yeah. Well, I found it all, oh, I found that later. Yeah. And I said, yeah, it is. And uh, he goes, oh, he said, uh, we had him in our development centre last season. Uh, he didn't fit the profile of the number nine, so he played him at centre-half. <laughs> so we had him in the building already. Oh, wow. So I've approached the manager, and obviously he's asked the parents, and the, and the parents said, oh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> he went into numbers before. So he went into South, he went into South End. And oh, it wow. like, And he's a, he's a good lad, and, you know, I've, I've sort of followed his career closely, and... Uh, I see him out and about because I know his club manager quite well. So yeah, and uh, so yeah, he's a, he's a, he's not a bad. He's a, he's a decent player to be fair. It's fun to keep an eye on him on a Thursday night. Yeah, we. I think he's a. You, funny enough, because Kent knows about him as well. Kent asked me about him a, a few months back because Charlie's parents uh, had to get moved out to he moved out to Dallas for a year, and he plays for FC Dallas um, junior team, and uh, Kent heard about him. And got spoken to his Funny. father. He got spoken to his father out there, and he came asked me a couple of months ago, "Oh, do you know about this lad Kilman at Southend?" I was like, "Yeah." It sounds like he's destined to put on an orange shirt at some point throughout his career. <laughs> I don't, know, I don't know about that. But, uh, <laughs> I, I think he's getting a bit of interest from clubs higher up. Okay. Because he's, a, you know, he's a talent. He's a talent. He's a talented boy. Yeah. Cool. So if you go on a Thursday, keep an eye out for Charlie Kilman, mm. and also don't forget to put your tickets for the greater game. So the show opens this Wednesday the 31st of October it runs until Sunday the 25th of November you can put your tickets now online at www.waterlooeast.co.uk and also don't forget to order The Challenge Culture by Nigel Travis today at amazon.co.uk which is out now and I look forward to reading that uh, this week uh, so that's basically it yeah. um, thanks for joining us on episode 158 uh, it was a fairly quiet week off the pitch at the Orient, but on the pitch, the boys did the business and Haven and Waterlooville were easily disposed of as the O's climbed back to the top of the National League with a 4-0 win ahead of the two tough away fixtures coming up this week. But if we win both this time next week, we'll still be top, so come on you O's. Yeah. We'll be back with episode 159 next week with all the info and views that you could ever need. And if you're listening on iTunes, please subscribe, give the podcast a review, stop the pod right now, give it five stars and come back to it. And if you listen on SoundCloud, TuneIn, Stitcher, add us to your favourites and that way you'll have all the podcasts available as soon as they are uploaded. And if you have an older relative or a loved one who you think will like the podcast, grab their phone and download it for them. And a quick plug, as we always do, to tell you about our discounted mugs now. <laughs> Only a fiver. So once they're gone, they're gone. So get them now for Christmas. It's coming up less than two months away. Hanukkah's probably two months away as well. Uh, once they're gone, they're gone. We haven't got that many left in the building and they are starting to shift now uh, at £5. <laughs> so Matt, thank you for coming onto the pod for the second time. Fantastic thank you for having me. Mr Foster, thank you for coming and giving us a fantastic insight into how the scout system thank works. Thank you much, I enjoyed it. And tell me, I'd love to have you back again soon uh, in January telling us about what's obviously happened over that transfer window. Um, 
So thanks for coming down to Iron Apple Podcast Towers. Uh, it's been a long one, an hour, 35 minutes. So we look forward to hearing from you. And as always, keep calm, have a great week, and listen to the Orient Outlook Podcast. Up the O's.